Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Business Writers Radio. Brought to you by Business Writers Exchange. Welcome to another exciting and informative edition of Business Writers Radio. Stone Peyton Lee Cantor here with you this afternoon. Lee, you ready for this one, man? I am. I'm excited. All right. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast speaker, author, radio host, Mr. Brandon Wright. How are you, man? I'm great. I appreciate the opportunity to be on here and uh, share what it is that I know from my life with you and your listeners. Well, Brandon, um, I know that you have a book out, Redesign. Uh, Can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah. It's one of my favorite subjects, so go ahead. <laughs> so uh, what was the what sparked your interest in writing that book? You know, it, it might sound kind of funny, but everything that I do is instigated out of anger. And it's not that I have anger issues. It's the fact that I, I get frustrated because something's happened to me and I don't have a solution or I see something wrong. And instead of being one of those people that complain about it or whine about it, I want to put forth the action to say, how can I change that? And so redesign came about from my own, my, my own business experience that I said, I need to share with what I've been going through and then how I did it. So then you wanted to kind of compile all of your frustrations into one book, and then you wanted to solve all those problems for others. You know, with all my frustrations, I got several books, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> in this one, it, cause so in 2008, in my business, I, I'm a restoration contractor. We're relying upon insurance companies to pay out. Um, customers have some sort of damage in their home. Well, in 2008, our industry changed. And what happened during that time was my business started declining, but I didn't react quick enough. And so when I didn't react quick enough, I in, inherited a huge amount of debt. I didn't have any credit. I was looking at where what most people would say bankruptcy, but I'm not the guy that is going to quit. So I said, how do I fix this? Because I can't do it on my own. And so that's when, if you go to a bookstore, can you find a book on how to turn around a failing business? No. I mean, all the books are about how to grow a business, how to scale up and everything else under the sun, but it doesn't teach you when you're about to lose everything you get. How do you change that? What do you do? And then make it happen. So when, so when you were writing the book, what was your strategy of actually getting the information out of your head and putting it on the page? Well, I, I was pretty fortunate that someone put together a group of authors that wanted to produce a book, and she took us through that process. And so we had someone to hold us accountable. And what was interesting for me was, was this was 2010, 2011, where you know, I just went through my survival. And that's what I call was we're hanging on to our butt. We're making ends meet. We don't know if we're going to make it till the end of the week. But through that process, it also allowed me to channel what it was that I was going through, what was working, what didn't work. And then as we eventually turned that into the book, by the time I was finished the book, I actually had some success in my business. We were still in business and I could, it's, and it's not one of those things that the book has a happy end. I mean, the book is, hey, I made it through it, but there's nothing big and glamorous about what I did other than I made it through tough times and I didn't quit. 
But well, you were probably the only restoration person in your market with a book, right? What's funny about a book is, is it does establish credibility uh, for you as an author. I mean, a lot of times I think a lot of people don't even read your book, but they know that you're an author. You know, that establishes something in their mind of whatever your book is about. That's what your area of expertise is. It gets you radio show, you know, interviews. It gets you TV interviews. And, and eventually you become the expert, which all that free media then help promotes you, your business. And then you become the go-to guy for that. That Was that kind of an unintended consequence? Like you didn't really plan for that to happen, but it just happened? You know, I'm such a reactive guy. I really can't say there's been much in my life. I mean, from getting married to having kids to everything in my life has kind of been a, a product of what I've done and I never planned for it. But as you learn these lessons that you go through, sometimes you do it right. Sometimes you don't. And then if you're willing to be humble enough and vulnerable enough to look at yourself and say, all right, that didn't work. What was my part in it? How is there something here that I can use? Or is it just a bad idea? Or what could I have done with a different strategy that maybe to make it work? Now, having done the book now and the book being kind of bigger than your original uh, business, has that changed how you see yourself now or how your business has evolved? Yeah, I, I think as, as an individual, if you're the type of person that really wants to get to know you, you know, to get to know yourself, what's your motivators, what's your detractors, what decreases your motivation, and you're really into this self-introspection of who I am and what motivates me, what's my strengths, what's my weaknesses, I think you can look at when you build a book or write, write that book, what's the end meaning that you want to accomplish? And for me, I realize that I'm an influencer. I mean, I'm one of those guys that if I'm going to tell you to do something, I'm going to be right there beside you doing it. You know, I believe in action is, is where you get the results. And, and really, our society has a lot of talk, but it doesn't have a lot of follow through of saying, I support this cause. Well, if you support the cause, why don't you get out there and put the action to make this cause better? And so what I found is that the book helps me reach a larger audience so that I can influence with people that maybe they feel something similar with me. Maybe they have the same core values as me. And, and those people that don't associate with me, that's okay. I mean, that's, that's part of who we are. We either attract to somebody or, we, or we're not attracted to them. And hopefully this book, what I learned, will establish my legacy for who I am, what I was about, and then my kids can follow through and be, be like dad because dad was that person that they want to be like. Now, it's like you say, sometimes you need help, but sometimes you need a helper. And um, and some people don't know when they need which service. And um, But it sounds like you're really about kind of giving them a resource, but also being available to help them take the action that they need in order to be successful. Yeah, I think so many times I look back in my life and I say, you know, I've achieved a lot in my life, but it's the people that I surround myself with those closest to me that really made me who I am today or helped me to have the success that I've had. And, and that's what led me into my second book was when I started looking back into my younger years, I said, you know, who I am today is because of what one person did when I was a teenager. 
those were my formative years of developing who I am. Now, I took a lot of side roads to get to where I'm at today, but ultimately who I am was built up by this guy named Phil who took the place of my father when he died at the age of 15. And it's so interesting because as a father, I have four kids, two of them, my two youngest are in their teenage years. Those are the years where they may seem confident, but they're not. And so it's up to me to develop this, the strength, the courage, the confidence in themselves and help guide them in the right direction so that they can be who they are, but they have the core values that I instilled in them, which is for me, right versus wrong. It's the making sure you're always responsible, that you're being held accountable, that you choose your right friends. And, and really it's just the path of the life that we, we choose. And that book you're referring to is Phil the Logger, A Working Man, A Boy, and Lessons in Life and Leadership. And that book, it sounds like those are fundamental lessons for uh, someone growing up, but I think it's transferable to anybody at any stage of their life. They're foundational oh, yeah. values, I think. Yeah, and, and I think what I learned, because I, I was lucky to grow up working in the woods with a logger, and and really the premise of business is is that it starts here by cutting down the tree, but you don't get paid until the tree gets to the sawmill. So what's all those different steps that you need to do to get there? And then how do you do that quicker each and every time? But at the same time, if you do something wrong, you have to make it right. And I think that's one of the things that when I go to bed every night, I want to make sure if I've wronged somebody, I can go to bed with a clean conscience that I've made amends and that I've done what I've had to do to make sure that I'm comfortable with myself and my own heart. Now, writing the second book, was did you use the same systems as the first book, or this this book sounds more personal and more uh, introspective? Well, I mean, my motivating factor for writing the second book was, was I wanted to pay tribute to a man that gave me a life. Um, he gave me a home. Uh, he made me feel like I had a family when I didn't have a family, and that was the motivating factor. But at the same time, too, I had to look at who I am today at 40 years old, and then who I was when I was 16 years old, what are those common characteristics? And then think back 25 years or so, what are those lessons that I learned that made me who I am today? And it really took me about two years. I knew how to write the book. I knew the format and the process, uh, which allowed me to do it on my own. But it's getting those lessons and then writing them down. And then how do you appeal to your audience? And one of the biggest things was in the proofreading stage, a buddy of mine said, Brandon, this book is okay. He says, but it can be so much greater if you do this, this, and this. You need more personal stories. You need more uh, stories about Phil. And that's what life is all about, right? It's all about someone that sees something in you or something that you've done saying that you're doing well, but you can become greater or you can do this greater. And I have faith in you. I see it in you. And that allowed me to spend another year on the book saying, okay, how do I take this book to the next level? And I think that's what I came up with at the end. And I think that's a common mistake that maybe first-time authors uh, make is that they don't kind of really make it personal and dig in. They tend to work on a more of a superficial level. And in order to really speak that truth, you really have to kind of get to the heart and the vulnerability of you at that time and share those stories that kind of make you nervous about sharing. Yeah, I, I think the vulnerability 
has been the word of, of the last two weeks in my world because when we look at our leadership, when we look ourselves as fathers, we look at ourselves as husbands, I think being vulnerable is what is, is attractive more than anything else because it's not superficial, it's not Facebook, it's not social media where we put out all the good stuff. You know, this is true life. Everybody has struggles, but it's those that can recognize them and then either try to overcome them or reach out for help or have that network that can help you deal with it. I mean, that's what it's attractive in today's world. If you hear a successful business story and without any struggles, that person's not telling you the truth. Every business has struggled at some point. Every business has had tough times making payroll. Every business has had times where they thought they were going to have to close the doors. But it's those that will tell that story that inspire others that are going through that right at this time. Yeah, I think that that is great advice for anybody in business, any new author, anybody um, listening, is to be authentic and, um, and don't be afraid to tell the truth and tell your story. If, um, if somebody wanted to learn more, uh, I know that your, your books have now evolved into a radio show, The Right Stuff Radio Show. Can we talk for a moment about that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, The Right Stuff Radio was inspired, like I said, I got frustrated or angry, however you want to classify that, where I tried $100,000 in one year on radio and TV advertising. It didn't work. But then I looked at what my competition wasn't doing, and they did not have their own radio show. So when you go back to your question earlier, when you said, how do you establish credibility through a book? Well, you can do the same thing with a radio show. And so one of the things that if you want to go out and prospect, you may get through the gatekeeper, you may not. But if I was to go in and I want to meet somebody at any type of level and say, hey, I've heard great things about you. I want to hear more about your story. I'd like you to come on your radio show. You never get turned down. And that's, it's a great prospecting tool. But at the same time, too, all those people that listen, whether it's through podcasts or whether it's on the live radio, those people that you would never meet in a day, they get to hear who you are. And I think when you talk branding, branding, it really is. is it's being yourself and attracting those that like who you are and what you're about. And if the radio show, if you're authentic, if you're, if you're uh, vulnerable, if you're um, transparent, you're going to attract those people that you have never been in contact. So then you're building your community of followers even larger than what you currently have in your, in your circles. And so that's why we talk about business, the things that you don't read in a magazine or you can't read in a book. I want to talk about my everyday life of being a business owner. Brandon, this is Stone. And I know we need to turn you loose here pretty quickly because you need to get to that radio show of yours. But before we do, let's make sure that our listeners know how to get in touch with you or get their hands on these books or tap into your radio show. So give us some coordinates so that they can uh, connect with you. My personal website is brandonjwright.com. That's W-R-I-G-H-T. Uh, you can also check out the radio show either on iTunes, SoundCloud, or the website writestuffradio.com. And then, of course, both my books are available on Amazon. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. I can envision us having more conversations along these lines and some other important topics. We sincerely appreciate it, man. 
We'll talk to you soon. I appreciate you guys getting the message out. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. Until next time, this is Stone Payton for Lee Cantor. Our guest today, Brandon Wright, and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you next time on Business Writers Radio. Business Writers Radio is brought to you by Business Writers Exchange. To learn more about developing a successful book and building your business around it, visit business-writers-exchange.com.